man has gone goblin mode this Finally. week. Yes. This is the issue that will set up the next 75 years of Spider-Man comics, and I can't wait. 75? 75. 75. Is Wonderful. that what the cover says? Uh, Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay, cool. Um, This is Pals Pulls. Welcome to the show. This is on the eve of New York Comic Con, a special Wednesday edition of Pals Pulls. The gang's all here. We got Kale. What's up, hot dog? Marco. Tyler. Whoa, I didn't know we were in D-block right now. Jeez, hi. How's it going? (laughs) And I'm Sean. We also have five. Count them? Five books to talk about this week. The aforementioned Amazing Spider-Man number 35. The Goblin Mode uh, cover, if you are watching us uh, on YouTube. Horrifying cover, I gotta say. Uh, Yes, for more than one reason. Um, (laughs) The Superior Spider-Man Returns, number one. Oh, who's that cover? Come on, give it to me on this cover, please. Yeah, who is that? Is that Aaron Cooter? I have no idea. I think it's Aaron Cooter. Is it? Uh, It says Leo Killa. Well, if your name's Leo, watch out. The Ninja Turtle foe. Leo Killer. <laughs> I don't know why that popped me so much. Donatello um, Smiter. <laughs> the Avengers number six. Still with that, huh? Uh, Batman City of Madness number one, a new black label release. And Ooh, uh, the listener label. pick. <laughs> the listener. Yeah, exactly. The listener pick this week. Wesley Dodds. Put a big man. smile. Big smile. Big smile, Sean. Come on. Thank y'all, babies. Thank y'all. We're going to have to right talk. This time. We're going to have a conversation about how that unfolded. We're going to get into that. Don't you Ooh, worry. Okay. Temp- but let's, let's kick things off with Amazing Spider-Man. And let's kick things off with my pick of the week. Oh. I... Go ahead, Tyler. Oh no, I was I I don't have anything. I was just gonna say it was a generally a good week in my opinion for books that we oh, read. I don't even know if I agree with that, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna um say that Amazing Spider Man just gets better and better every month. This this comic book is just better and better. First of all, Patrick Gleason did such a good job on this arc, so good. Um. It's been a joy having him uh, with the team for this particular arc. This is so we haven't talked about Spider-Man in a while. And uh, essentially, Craven stabbed Peter with a spear that has Norman's, uh, you know, bad side in it. Um, He was intending to stab Norman, but Spider-Man took the blade and he got goblin mode in him. He got the green goblin inside of him, essentially. Yep, he started flossing on people on dirty docks. <laughs> I've seen that, did not she? And so he immediately, the funniest part of this whole arc, he immediately goes to try to find Paul. Yeah, he does. So that he can <laughs> beat Paul's ass. That's the oh, showdown I want. And Paul's it was good. Fu- Paul's fucking, he's got a ponytail and cargo shorts. <laughs> Just living his Man. life. Mary Jane said, that's my man. <laughs> and, oh, my God. And spoiler, he tries gwiting him. <laughs> yeah. 
He tries to Gwen him. Yeah, which is. What does that mean? Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. 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 A little cringe, kind of, you know, we've seen it before. Come on, do something yeah. new. I, I loved it. I was like, <laughs> are you kidding me? This is where you're going, Zeb Wells? This is what you're doing? It, it was so on the nose that it, like, it came off as genuinely just like funny and in, enjoyable, frankly. Yeah. yeah. He's just kicking over the hotel cuck chair. He's like, nope, nope, not anymore. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I had a great time with Evil Peter. Um, it's not something that I feel like we see too, too often, uh, where it's actually Peter and not, um, so I thought it was a good way to hearken back to Peter's behavior when he actually has the black suit on, um, Zeb Wells really smart to, to bring that to the table. I enjoyed this role reversal a lot. I, I liked it. Uh, I agree with you, Sean. I actually really like this issue. I mean, Gleason is fantastic, but for me, the Norman stuff is what what really got me in this. I, I really like Zeb Wells' take on Norman yeah. on this this real – like the whole premise of Norman being good, I was dubious about it. I think we both were – all of us were, honestly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but as it progresses, I'm invested. I mean, I'm always invested in Norman as a character. Norman Osborn is possibly my top two, definitely my top villain in comics of all time. Um, so just having him around is, is, is enough investment for me, but I'm actually invested in his redemption in this, um, and his relationship with Peter and stuff. And the, it, it takes turns in this and, and somehow weaving in the whole goblin queen at the same time and giving her like a full story and bringing Craven back, which almost felt like, uh, a weird synergistic thing to just come out at the same time the video game and the trailer came out. It almost felt like a Craven was shoehorned in, but it also worked for the story. Um, dude, I, I'm with you, Sean. This is some good Spider-Manning. I think to the fact that it was done over the course of, like, not just a few issues. This is what 35, right? So, yeah. at at this point, if if you were still doubting, I feel like they've uh, committed enough to it to say, you know, if if, if you doubt that he hasn't turned good. And, you know, depending on how the, uh, based on how this issue ends, now we kind of can see the flip. I think it's a good way to also reward the the long time, uh, mm. th that reader from issue one, who was like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. All right, fine, I trust you. To now, oh shit, I'm invested and I care. And anytime we do this book, uh, I come on being like, it's a fucking good comic, dude. It's just, it's just a good, it's just good comics. <laughs> I, I don't have to be, I don't have to be a, a Spider-Man fan to be like, there's nothing wrong with this. Come on, Marco. Let's go. That's what I'm talking I about. fun, dude. Yes. This is the, this is the like popcorn comic book every month. This is what I think of when I think about like, yo, this is just fun. Like, but there's, it's fun, but there's also stuff to hang on to. Like, you guys don't necessarily care as much about everything that's happening in this story. You're not reading every issue necessarily, but when we review it, you're like, Hey, this is fun. But as somebody who's been with it since issue one, like Marco said, I, when I got to the final page of this book, I, I audibly was like, Oh shit. Yeah. Because I don't want that to happen now. You know, like now I, now I don't want Norman to turn. Now I want him to be good. They got me. They gave us enough to live with in this world. Like they, uh, Wells managed to 
set the stage and then decided to say, I'm going to sit with this. I'm going to, I'm going to live in this thing, which I think is, uh, frankly underappreciated because yeah. a lot of times it'll be, okay, cool. What's the, the next arc? What's the next thing for the, the next trade or whatever. It's like, no, this has been in the background and sitting, stewing. And he's also seating in the hammerhead stuff too. I read thirty five and thirty six back to back, or whatever the numbers are. Thirty four, um, yeah. Thirty four, thirty five. Uh, so the hammerhead stuff for uh, gang war is also in the background as well. Um, and they did something as a New Yorker. They did something that I'm perfectly fine with, and they destroyed the Holland Tunnel. I hate that place. So <laughs> perfectly fine with me. I mean, yeah, Wells is balancing a lot of different storylines, a lot of character arcs at the same time. And, and, and quite frankly, I think everybody is being well-served. Craven ate in this arc. Um, yes, I agree. That's good, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Like, you're right. Synergy. Absolutely. Yeah. And even with the Doc Ock stuff, total synergy. We're going to talk about Superior after this. Well, and the black suit, too. Absolutely. But... For me, as somebody who enjoys Craven a lot and hasn't seen him in a long time, I thought this was a great arc for Craven. Setting up this new Craven, not new like brand new, but new enough, you know, not the old Craven, um, and giving him his own identity, you know, building him back up and using the past to inform his future, letting him carve a new path. I think that that was such a smart move. It's great comics. I want to know what Kale thinks. Is, are, are... I, I I genuinely don't have anything to say. I completely agree with everything. Oh, okay. Said. I was expecting I, a dis- uh, someone I, else. Okay. No, I um um, it wasn't my favorite thing we read this week, but it wasn't the worst thing we've read this week. But I, like, it was fun. You know, it's it's good Spider-Man comics. It genuinely is. Uh, the Netta asks, why does this run get backlash on the internet? Like, uh, AITP reviews, Twitter and Reddit. Um, I mean, look, it gets backlash because people have decided that it's bad. I don't think that it's anything to do with the actual quality of the books at this point. I think Ramita's art became a meme for a lot of people and it just evolved Mm -hmm. into generally hating everything that the book is doing. And there are some radical decisions like making Norman, you know, a good guy. The stuff that happened with Miss Marvel upset a lot of people. So I think all that together, Paul. Yeah, the MJ thing is, I I think, where the issue is. Uh, As soon as you take Peter away from MJ or MJ away from Peter, people will complain and they will brigade that book for it. Um, Did you guys read the the letter pages in the the back? No. I skimmed them. There was one long letter that was basically uh, asking about you know this this philosophical question of why they won't let peter age and progress and this writer uh basically revolved that around one more day <clears throat> and he said um you know uh he he did actually accuse the editors of you know using a, a heavy hand on miss marvel or whatever and uh uh, Nicolo was like, oh, we promise. Zeb was definitely he. Uh, Miss Marvel was a massive part of his plans. Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Thanks for writing, Blank. The Miss Marvel plan was a collective it was, plan. It was a massive 
letter that was, you know, really well worded, really respectful, and it got like a three line answer. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> um, yeah, easy, easy pick of the week. Easy poll. It's a poll for me. I don't know if it's pick of the week, but it's definitely a poll. Yeah, if you want to read a Spider-Man comic, it's a poll. Hey, loving seeing all these names in the chat. Thank you, everybody that has joined us. Uh, You guys are fantastic. We appreciate you. As we said at the top, we've got a full week coming up with New York Comic Con coverage. Thursday through Sunday, uh, uh, Marco, Tyler, and I will be at the event um, doing interviews, uh, speaking with uh, creators that you guys love, taking pictures, you know, social media stuff. So you guys can follow us everywhere that you guys know us at the Comics Pals, and there will be stuff on those platforms for you guys, including patreon.com slash the comics pals where i'm going to be blogging every day about our experience at new york comic con and you will be able to read it for absolutely free all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash the comics pals and those posts will be unlocked for you thursday through sunday so come hang out with us over there for that if you want to watch us live uh today is wednesday but normally you can do that every single Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern on YouTube.com slash The Comics Pals. Saturdays at 10.15 a.m. Eastern for the main show, except this week. This week, we're going to be doing things differently because of New York Comic Con. We'll be live Sunday night. Uh, Not exactly sure when, but somewhere between 7 and 8 p.m., something like that. Uh, We'll keep you guys posted on social media, on our Discord server, which uh, you should come join and hang out with us over there. Always having a fun time. Um, quick reminder also about the book club, which we are doing the next book club, October 30th. It's going to be live for the first time ever. Can't wait. And we're going to be talking the long Halloween. So a trifecta of good news. It's going to be fun. Uh, make sure to hit the like button. Hit the like button. Leave us those likes. Yes, we don't do a draft on here, but it helps us anyways. Uh, and uh, lets YouTube know you guys are enjoying what we're doing here. So hit the like button. Super chats are open as well. If you want to support your boys, that is one heck of a way to do it. Let's talk about the Superior Spider-Man Returns, number one. This is uh, this is by Dan Slott on the story only which surprised me. Might why? Oh, it's that was typical for some of the superior Spider-Man issues as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. With Christos Gage as as the, the actual scripter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, wasn't that wasn't that a big feature of that um Marvel documentary that made controversy or whatever uh, a year or so ago? The Disney Plus one where Dan Slott was like, "Yeah, and then Christos Gage just does a uh, Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he's like, "I can never get anything on time." Yeah. Yeah. We also have uh, uh, several pencilers, Mark Bagley, Ryan Stegman, Humberto Ramos, and Giuseppe Camoncoli, uh, with inks by John Dell, J.P. Mayer, and Victor Olazaba, colors by Edgar Delgado, and letters by Joe Caramagna. Now, you guys like this cover, right? This pretty cool cover? It's Ken Lashley, All right, by cover. the way. Ken Lashley. Oh, okay, cool. Yep. Nice. Ken Lashley did this cover. Thank you. 
Uh, to me, this cover is the best thing about this book. <laughs> Whoa. Holy I think I agree. Shit. Wait, I what? Think I agree with you. I'm... It's a good cover. Come on, Tyler. It's a good cover. But uh, I, I did like some of this issue. This was almost uh, uh, too much of a dilution of what Superior Spider-Man was uh, in the sense that, we, you know, we, we joke about Dan Slott and Christmas Gage being on it, but then you have literally pretty much every artist that was on Superior Spider-Man um, in this four pages that made no narrative sense as to when it happened. Um, I mean, you got everyone's there. It's like Smash Bros. Everyone's here, but <laughs> there's, there's too many cooks in this kitchen, I think. You felt the like the art differences? Uh, yeah, I did. I did. Hmm. And in a I good way were... and a bad way sometimes. Hmm. I thought they were fairly smooth, but they weren't where I wanted them also. Hmm. Like, I don't want Bagley near Superior. Like, I, as far as I remember, he was not. I don't want Bagley. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, Damn. So that was weird. But like once we got to like the Stegman pages, I'm like, hell yeah, this is what I remember Superior being like. You know, that, yeah. that was good stuff. Um, but I also think narratively, it tried to recap all of Superior Spider-Man, and it took too many pages to do. And I think that that limited its enjoyment, because I was already tired, you know, by by the time it was a third through the book. I, I, I felt the opposite of that. I, I, I have no familiarity with that era. And so the condensed version, I thought, worked very well for me, where I didn't feel like I needed the like the baggage to know the things. It was very just like state fact, this is what happened. And I know just by osmosis, oh yeah, uh, you know, Doc Ock was in Spider-Man's body. Fine, fair enough. That then that's where I'm gonna start. And that's all I need for the rest of this issue to 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 focus on that. You you get your, you know, little cameo villain here and there and uh the immediate difference in character I thought was felt. Like this is not Peter. But that's the problem. Oh, is it supposed to feel? Well, by the end of Superior, Ock has realized how how to be Spider-Man and why Peter is Spider-Man and the things that Peter Parker has to go through because he's Spider-Man. And he continually puts himself in these positions to be Spider-Man um, and why he does all that. Um, and the superior storylines basically since superior ended have only focused on well doc ock's an asshole and now he's in spider-man's body and it just completely erases you know the the good part so, mm. similar to what's happening with norman osborne in, in amazing where there's a redemption going on there's actual character growth that was the the, the good part of superior watching Ock realized the good parts of Peter and kind of uh, coalescing that within himself. Uh, this is just like, uh, can it, you dolt? It, it's that kind of Doc Ock, where yeah, it's just Doc yeah. Ock with a Spider-Man skin on, um, which, you know, whatever, yeah. That's fair. This this kind of comic exemplifies why I did not want to read Superior. This is what I thought Superior would be like, and I was like, I don't need this. I understand now from hearing you guys talk about it over the years and stuff that mm. I've read, that it was very much different than this. But this is what I was afraid of. Um, there's just no nuance to the approach of, of you know presenting Superior Spider-Man. 
and it is a flashback for the most part. This issue is essentially Doc Ock trying to figure out how he can, you know, um, do this experiment he's been trying to do his whole life. The same thing he into a movie where he wants like this, this the power of the sun in the palm of his hands, you know, like it says in the movie. Fusion. Um, right. And so in Superior, he was clearly very close to doing that, and he's trying to remember how. And so we see that trip down memory lane. And in that trip down memory lane, we get introduced to a new villain. Uh, I assume this character was not in Superior, right? No, this is all new stuff, yeah. Yeah, so we get it. We get a new villain uh, whose origin is cleverly tied to Spider-Man but in the reverse way that you would normally see it, where the villain is some bad person who, you know, Spider-Man influences or whatever. In this case, Spider-Man is bad and creates a villain who's really not a bad person, just got screwed over by superior Spider-Man. So I like that. But boy, did it take us so long to get through everything. This is a really wordy comic. It's not a comic that has a lot of flair or flash. Um, it's just too much. It was nice seeing like Common Coley and Humberto Ramos and Ryan Stegman, but the content of it was didn't really carry the same load that the, the art did, I feel. And then yeah. we're getting a, a Superior Spider-Man number one as well. Like this is a prelude issue to a... A new yeah. mini or an ongoing? He gets an ongoing. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. Well, Spider-Man's Marvel's Batman, I guess. And, and I think that would feel... Like, if this was a one-shot, fine. But if we're going to now go back and just exist in that world... No, no, for... no. This is current. This is oh. with Doc, hap- Doc Ock happening now. Yeah, when the... he's Dr. Octopus, that's current. Yeah. Oh, so it's not going to be the flashback stuff. It's going to be presumably the flashback stuff existed to establish this new villain that now Peter Spider-Man right. is going to have to fight. Okay. And okay. yeah. Okay. That and Doc sense. Ock is working to try to replicate how to become superior again. Right. Okay. So this is ongoing continuity. Yeah. That makes more sense. Okay. Yeah, this just didn't do it for me. I agree with Tyler that the art, you know, getting to see these tremendous artists come back and do their thing was cool, but I personally prefer consistency. I don't really like when books have more than one artist on them, unless there's a really great reason. Like I think um, Human Target, not Human Target, I'm sorry, uh, Strange Adventures Mm. had a great reason to have two artists. It was built into the story. This just feels like a trip down memory lane and I could skip all that. So for me, this is an easy hard pass, especially at the grand old price of six ninety nine. Oof, not worth it. It's a Doc Sorry, Ock buddy. devised uh, a price plan. Sounds like. <laughs> I didn't. I it never even occurred to me while I was reading it until you said it, Sean. That the whole first half of this issue is based around the plot of Doc Ock and Spider Man Two. Yeah. He even says it, yeah. uh, or 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 Supernova says it, uh, and she gets cut off. She says, that, "Yeah, the line." Yeah, she says the line. Yeah. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. Slot's just phoning this shit in, like well, he's phoning it into Christos Gage, who writes it. Yeah, man, 
I'm actually yeah. surprised we haven't done that before yet, honestly. How, how many years has this been? Yeah. You haven't done what? Just like retelling Doc Ock's origin in a way that that that's it, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you guys are p- pulling, passing. Where you at? Oh, a hard pass. This is a pass for me, but it might be a pull for the whatever the next book is. Like, I, if it's a more standardized book that doesn't have to give me so much recap, possibly then. It's going to have to uh, justify itself. and It's going to have to work hard for me for that. And I'm a big superior fan. I'm going to pull this. I had enough fun with the setting that it it got me curious for what would come after this. And I don't have that attachment. So I think I'm, uh, yeah, a little freer on that end. So I, I, I'm going to pull this and would recommend it. Wow. Okay. Marco, check out Superior. I think you'd really like it. Uh, Kale's tried yeah. to turn me on to that uh, quite a quite a number of times, but I've just kind of I haven't. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, Superior didn't do it for me. Maybe uh, maybe the Avengers hey. will be more of our collective bag. Lee. Uh, <laughs> Avengers number six, Jed McKay. With art by uh, Evan Forelli, colors by Federico Blee, letters by Corey Pettit. Tyler, I turn it over to you, my friend. Uh, okay. Um, it didn't do what I wanted it to do. I think oh. the, the, this whole this whole arc has been toys fighting other toys. Essentially, you know this this villain paired up with this hero, um, That's and I doing felt it for like. You? Well, that was fine because I thought it would do the thing where, like, all right, well, we just need to switch villains, you know, um, and not to write the book for somebody else. But if they switch villains, and then that would justify why they're getting their ass kicked the whole time. If they, you know, they switch to a villain that's maybe more suited for them, maybe that could work. But the whole time that, that, that they're fighting, they just Dragon Ball Z this, where it's just like, oh, I just powered up, um, and I had this power with me within me the whole time. And I was just like, all right, well, then that was a waste of time. And in some cases, it wasn't even a power up. <laughs> no, like Captain Marvel went binary. Like, we, we you could do uh, you, that's not. Why don't you do that all the time? Like, <laughs> um, yeah, um, this didn't do it for me in the way that I I liked the other issues too. And maybe because I really like the villains, I thought the villains were really cool, and then they get to kind of jumped out here, and so maybe that's where like part of my disappointment is with it. Um. And I'm a little confused as to why the Avengers now need a giant planet-sized city as their headquarters. I mean, you got a lot of Avengers. I mean, there's got to be room in there for, like, Stingray and D-Man, so maybe. Um, But that's the book I'd want to read, but that's not going to happen. It looked good. That's about all I can say. Um, Yeah, this kind of bummed me out, to be honest. I'm glad this wrapped up at least cleanly uh i think the each of the individual heroes you know they get the the villains get their comeuppance to whatever degree whether or not it's clean yeah i think i i agree with tyler uh some of them are some of them don't feel earned um but like like the tony stark one i can imagine he can do the vision thing where he can make his suit change density 
But how does that affect his body in between? Like, I had the same thought. I'm like, wait a minute. But then how are you going to squeeze him through? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then Tony, if that's if that's the case, Tony Stark can have any superpower he wants if it just <laughs> I, says it's a suit power, you know. I ignored it for just the sake of the fact no, that whatever, yeah. like like I'm like put it away, like it's like uh, intrusive thought. Um, and then they just ended. He 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 uppercuts him. Was that all yeah, you needed? Yeah. Can I just point out that because that is completely ridiculous, and I agree. Thor. <laughs> Thor decides that to what? beat the the bird that thrives off worship he's going to summon lightning and lightning strike everybody in this city to knock them out so that the bird no longer has any worshipers now i don't know what kind of people these were but i'm sorry when you get hit by lightning you don't just get knocked out you fucking die That's, what yeah. world does jed mckay live on well, rain damage. Even if it was like you know low grade electricity, somebody there had a pacemaker that's just I, dead yeah, now. You know? <laughs> There's no doubt that just it, just by them falling and hitting the ground, that several people didn't just die. If I accept that it's just magic lightning that doesn't insta kill you, <laughs> somebody there is not going to be able to speak Italian when they wake up. <laughs> I thought they were the Avengers. These people are catching bodies. Thor killed today. <laughs> Thor killed. Yo, the, I, I was uh, I was really excited for that page because it was a cool page. He's like, I control thunder. I'm like, where? That's awesome. You're going to strike. Wait, what? Couldn't he have just rainbow bridged them away? Sure, yeah. I'm sure he could have done 50 things. He could have called Nightcrawler <laughs> on the phone. Like, this is a dumb. Hey, well, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Dumb. Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man. Right. Yeah. Uh, Like, th this is. <laughs> I don't understand how we just read four issues straight with no break at all of the Avengers fighting new villains who were otherwise cool. And the only thing that causes them to lose is the fact that the Avengers decided to win. That's it. It's not like they were like, okay, let's swap villains. Yeah. Uh, they know about me, Thor, but they don't know about you. You fight this one. I'll fight yeah, that one. Exactly. They didn't even do that. It's just like, all right, I'm I, I'm the vision. Yeah, but I got Ultron on in me. I got that dog in me. Yeah. Have a taste. Just That's it. Switch Scarlet Witch with Thor. Then like, nobody nobody worships Scarlet Witch. Everyone hates her, you know? Yeah, vision could be where Iron Man is. Like Right. Use, uh, use, do that. Have the ship yeah. beam everybody up and yeah. replace them. And then now they go in. Something simple. It's not rocket science. It's comics. Why did we just do this? Why did we read this? What happened? Somebody help me, please. The Avengers got a new city planet. Yo, yes. That was kind of hype. That's I, it. Over, over OP, but kind of hype. Hickman gave them a world. Like, what? I also like how Sydney, Australia still just has zombies everywhere. Like, we didn't fix that. <laughs> I mean, that's Australia. That's what's yeah, happening yeah, down yeah. there all the time, anyway. Wait, no, I thought they were. I thought she got. They got transported to Antarctica or something. No, she only transported the one dude because oh, there was no bodies the there for him to it, control. I thought that was like a all of it became illusion. So like she oh, had already dealt with. I assume well, they were actual corpses because of all the different you know graveyards that are in Australia. I don't God, know. That was five issues we did that way. <laughs> Which is a shame because like the first two issues were, were I enjoyed. 
Oh, actually, I enjoyed most of it. But yeah, I feel redeemed. I feel vindicated. I feel <laughs> redeemed. Shut up. I I'm sorry. This I. Listen, you two haven't been here while Sean and I have had to put up with reviewing this. Okay, okay. Huh? You ASMR. Thanks. Uh, Atomic Hound says, are we in a post-Super Assemble team era, uh, ensemble team era, Avengers, Justice League, etc.? They are either not publishing or are boring. Get the right people for it. Al Ewing is doing an amazing job with an ensemble team on X-Men Red. I think the I think the trouble is that mostly they're boring. Like, you know, like you know, we've we've been talking about Titans a lot recently, uh, because they're supposed to be the premier team. And you know what I've been saying is, page one, they should have knocked Trigon Trigon out and leveled them up. But nobody wants to do that. DC won't let that happen. So. I actually want to stop this conversation because this is definitely a main topic worthy type thing. So we're just gonna yeah, we're just gonna have this conversation. Thanks for day. the content uh feeding there. Appreciate you, Hound. <laughs> uh always good for a conversation piece. Uh I thought that the art in here was cool, but it really reminds me of like early two thousands Marvel in a lot of ways, and I'm not interested in that to be honest. Um, it's not bad, but it's colored that way, and I can't stop thinking about it when I read this book, and I don't want that. I will say it is nice seeing imminent covers, though. So, agree with that. Wish that was what the Wish. exterior looked like. Oh man, imminent the goat, the goat. Tears weren't that bad. Little little cartoony, but. But yeah, the art. The, I, didn't, I didn't mind the art. I, I don't say it's bad. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't say it's bad. I just it's not for me. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. it's uh, CF Villa who who started this book. Uh, I think is a more Avengers level artist. Yes. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. even F- uh, Fiorelli, I think it's fine. Um, but again, it, it doesn't feel like the the book itself doesn't feel like the of uh, the Avengers book. There's only one Avengers book right now. Well, yeah. and then there's the Al Ewing one with Wasp. Uh, whatever that is. They let out play with not, their own toys. Not That's an right. Avengers book. Yeah. Right, right. Um, this was what I this is what I was afraid of with this run of Avengers. I was really afraid that after all the years that I couldn't read Avengers, that uh Jed McKay would not be for me either. And unfortunately, that's exactly what has happened. Uh I will not be reading this book anymore. I cannot do it. Um I'm out on this. A hard pass. Hard pass. Did oh, anyone what? read the backup story? I mean, yep. I, I skimmed it. it yeah, was I skimmed it too. Yeah. Pointless. Pass this, but this means a new arc, right? That means potential. For who? For the reader, Kale. Not this reader. Bill, Bill, <laughs> Bill is back next issue, so... And it's a vision-centric issue, so you don't know. Oh, good. I don't. I don't like vision that much. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll love it just as much as I love Tom King's vision book. I'm sure it'll be that good. Can't miss. No earballs. I gotta check out Jeff Johns's vision book. I just learned that was a thing. That's probably pretty good. Yeah. Um, 
normally Christian Ward is a must-see artist. And uh, Chris Ward has been given an opportunity to do something that uh, is pretty rare these days, which is to do a black label book. Uh, Not a lot of creators get those opportunities. And Christian Ward got to write and draw this one. First time I've seen him on on writing duty. Right. Um, He did a um, – I feel like he did an image book not that long ago. Definitely possible. I'll look it up and see if I can find it. But uh, he do know. something with um, Rom V, the Aquaman Andromeda book. I don't think he wrote it. Though. He did the art. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he did the art. Oh, you're saying he he wrote a thing. He wrote this thing. Oh, no, Kale saying and an yes, image yes. book. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um. Well, he's he's, you know, doing the heavy lifting on Batman City of Madness number one. As I said, joined on the letters by uh, Hassan Atman El Hau. And this is a book that is showing us a a Gotham that is uh, that is different. Uh, it's very different in a lot of ways. This feels like it's in the spirit, like a spiritual successor to uh, to Arkham Grant Morrison's uh, Arkham book. Mm-hmm. Um, except it's got the Court of Owls, um, who are not everyone's cup of tea, as we learned on the Discord today. A lot of conversation about the court. Um, I like this enough. Yeah. I want to know your thoughts on the two-face of it all, or the three-face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, huge two-face fan. I love two-face so much. I thought that, um, I thought this was good. This was good two-face for the most part. I like it when, I like it when there really is a push and pull between, you know, Harvey and, and, and Two-Face, Harvey and Big Bad Harv, where it's like Harvey's desperate for control. He doesn't want yeah. this. Yeah. But Big Bad Harv really does want it, you know? And then Harvey can kind of wrest control at times, but you're never all the way sure which to, which person you're speaking to. I love that, and I thought that was done well here. Really, really like the visual difference Yeah. Um, with Two-Face. Uh you know his scarred side has um sort of extra almost um uh, child like drawings over his face i don't quite know how else to describe it um but it really works yeah. it, it's really cool even though it feels a bit like uh, uh um tommy lee jones's uh uh two face with the the lair being split in half uh, yeah. and you get the clear oh, distinction yeah. between his goons too. I yeah. I enjoyed that. I love Batman Forever. So any anything with Two Face in that, uh, I'm into. Um, I I kind of really liked it. Uh, this this might be my pick of the week, actually. I was, was it was so closer. hot on it, but I think this might be my pick of the week. It it was visually striking the entirety. Yeah. yeah. Um. It's a Gotham that is dark and gloomy, as Gotham should be, but colorful and not boring and, and, and not the same old Gotham I'm used to looking at. But it's also not colorful James Tinian version of cyberpunk Gotham that we did, you know, during Future State. It's still the Gotham we know, but it kind of plays with the idea of, you know, reflections and light reflections with all the, how wet Gotham is and just neon signs and, and using that distinctively. Um 
And then the almost Lovecraftian kind of stuff going on in the background. I mean, it is Lovecraftian. It's yeah. nothing almost yeah. about it. Like. Yeah, I'm I'm interested because I don't know if I've read that before. Also, it was Bloodstained Teeth. That was the uh, Christian Ward book from Image. That part was the an interesting twist, um, and visually, I thought just kind of striking. So I, I think him being able and Ward being comfortable enough to play in that space and kind of push it towards that direction can be tricky, um, but I think he I think he handled it well, and he handled it in a way that uh, makes it that much more interesting, or makes like things like the Court of Owls that much more interesting because there's contrast between that the the darker stuff uh and then even uh, uh two-face like they're there's they're so distinct that he, he he's able to really capture them individually yeah i i mean there's there's a lot to like here i i i do think there is um i feel like i don't I don't know. I was a big fan of the Court of Owls story. I like the Court of Owls conceptually. I didn't necessarily care all that much for their inclusion right here. Um, I think I think I felt like they were more of a means to an end than an actually like mm. fully mm. realized group that Christian Ward intends to explore on a real level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, and so I was kind of frustrated by that. And then as I was recovering from those thoughts we got to the origin of this Cthulhu Batman's Robin, which I didn't realize at the time. That's what we were, we were looking at. But essentially what happens is this young black kid, uh, he wants to go and kill this cop because at some other point, this police officer killed his father who was walking home from, uh, you know, from work or whatever, and gets killed by this cop. And, I really, really despise that. Um, I that's a very like that's a very serious hot button topic. And it's it's there's absolutely zero nuance or thought put into it at all. It's just a cop just just a cop who's just going nuts that just decides, yeah, I'm gonna kill this person. Um and even the way he looks when he does it, it's like he's like it's like he's 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 just assassinating this guy. I, I read it as he saw the cop with the terrible trio doing some kind of drug deal, and the cop was just covering his his, his tracks. Yeah, okay. That's that's how I took it too. Yeah, yeah this cop was. I I took it as he was part of the the or terrible part, yeah. trio. Yeah. yeah, I see. Yeah, it just it just evokes things that I feel like this book isn't interested in talking about, and so if you're not doing that, then don't then don't do it. Um, and so that really bothered me. Yeah, I don't. I, 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 I would imagine Ward is trying to set up a you know a parallel to, you know, uh, Dick Grayson's parents being acrobats and killed by the mob, you know, and working, you know, that dichotomy, you know, um, but uh, yeah, I don't totally know how successful that was yeah i just didn't didn't care for it i have one of the pages up where, where we uh we see these this new what do they call it the batman 
from below was that what it was i think so yeah or the bat from below um and the panel work was really nuts uh, it yeah. reminded me of christian ward's work on black bolt which if you guys mm-hmm. haven't checked out solid in the med and christian ward's black bolt it is phenomenal very good yeah um that uh, uh i just really liked it and then the colors were interesting as well but um I'm with you, Sean. Yeah, I, I can see that perspective as well, with, with specifically the future Robin or whatever it is. And I think with the Batman below, like I'm I'm interested in it, but it's only only so far because I'm kind of tired of like, oh, it's Batman, but it's bad, you know. Um, Does this one last? That <laughs> we're starting to cross that evil Superman threshold. That right, you know, yeah. it's like okay. I also really don't. And this is a very personal thing to me, I guess, but I don't like things that dilute the like to me, Bruce having the idea for Batman is that's a lightning bolt moment. And I don't like the idea that there's something that came before that that was yeah. already that or that influenced that in any way. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think it cheapens it. And so the idea that there's this other thing that's and granted, I'm sure there'll be some explanation that makes sense, but I it just it rubbed me the wrong way as well. Like Grant tackled it a bit with you know uh, uh, Barbados, Barbados or whatever, but I, I'm I'm with you, Sean. I don't like the fact that it's always ingrained in Gotham of this bat protector since the Stone Age, really. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think this is definitely good enough to pull. Agreed. Pull. Yeah, like I said, this I think this is my pick of the week. I think uh, Christian Ward is is trying something different here. Um, and uh, you know, I think I, I think it, it could be interesting. It could be fun. And yeah. I will say a better six ninety nine than uh, superior for sure. I was just about to say that. Yeah. Um, let's hit a couple of comments if we can. Uh, the Batman below is both cool and silly as a concept. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, we'll see how it progresses, but it's not bad. Uh, kind of. Yeah. It's like it's like visually it's visually compelling, but it does also feel derivative. So we'll see how it. Uh, sure. Yeah, it and goes. and well, even worse, it feels derivative a couple of different ways. Yeah. So. Exactly. Uh, well, just quickly, oh, yeah. sorry, quickly before we move on, I want to shout out this one from uh, Hound. I had a pleasant surprise this morning reading Superboy Man of Tomorrow number six. It's not insanely good, but it's a good starter. On the character, sweet. Okay. All right, there you a go. Mini review from uh, Tom Account there. Forgot that book was still going. Yeah, me too. I I dropped it. Yeah, I dropped it immediately. <laughs> I think I did. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Well, you guys wanted us to read this week. Wesley Dodds, the Sandman number one. Now. This one the listener pick poll, and I'm going to explain how that happened. This all began because one Matthew M.F. and Murphy decided <laughs> decided that he wanted to bust my balls <laughs> by encouraging everybody to vote for this book because he knows that I don't like the Sandman, Wesley Dodds, the Sandman. Um because Kale once made me read an issue of Sandman Mystery Theater on the show, and I despised it. 
And from that point forward, it was a runaway train. This book won the listener pick poll in a landslide. And so we have to talk about it. I mean, I voted for it. I also voted for it. Yeah. Yeah, no shit. You guys (laughs) voted for it. Of course you voted for it. Meanwhile, I voted for X-Men Red. I'm going to read that. Look look, look where that got you. You're right, but I voted with my heart. Um, This was written by Robert Venditti with art by Riley Rosmo, colors by uh, Ivan Placencia, and letters by Tom Napolitano. So this, I really, really, really like the art. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Riley yeah, Rosmo, this was Rosmo, Rosmo rules. Yeah. Visual feast. He's, he's somewhat of an acquired video. taste, but... but... But I feel like he's he's pulled back a little bit because I feel like he For can sure. get looser and he can get wilder. And this was just like, no, I, I've I've iterated enough that this is uh, both in my style yep. and uh, controlled. I bet, I bet once we see Sandman really kick off... I bet we'll see some crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. agreed. He he can he can like, you know, ramp it up and down now. Um, this was my pick of the week. Easily. Same, yes. Yeah, no. I loved this. Uh, kind of disappointed. I have thoughts. It, it it this this is my sweet spot of where I like my fiction. Um, I'm just like just you know like, World World War Two stateside pulp hero like. That's yeah. like, and it's not. It's it's dark, but it's not uh, 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 gloomy. There, there's a there's a, a a pep in the step of Sandman, um, um, and I like that. You know, Rocketeer, that that kind of thing. Um, that's what it felt like to me. Um, and I'm just also a big uh, a Riley Rosma fan. Pretty much love most of what Riley Rosma does. Um, and B Venditti, I haven't seen in a while, and I was a big fan of his stuff when he was writing. So it was cool seeing him back for this. Um, in this book that feels like it shouldn't exist. Like, I don't know who the audience is for this. I don't know why this exists. Um, but I am at him. so happy it exists because I really, really liked it. I had a lot of fun with this. Um, you know what? I, I liked it too. Hell yeah, brother. Hell there we yeah. go. Good, yeah, I liked it too. <laughs> um, I think this book would be a lot worse if the art wasn't so incredibly good. Yeah. But I'm, I don't think Robert Venditti was a slouch here either. Um, you know what? These first opening pages are cool as hell. I don't know about you guys, but I was thinking about the mask of the phantasm. Um, just yeah. like, yep. Oh really? Okay. Cool. His, yeah. yeah. In the voice. Yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. That was the yep. voice I heard um, during this opening, this opening uh, piece here. Yeah. I have that up on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that one. Go ahead, Marco. I I just that that page, uh, the silhouette, individual panels, so yeah. so inventive, really creative, really good use of space, um, and it's all uh, progressive coming off of that previous page. Uh, so the the dropping of the gun, like he, he just focuses on so many individual things in one single page, and it's realistically five six panels. Yeah, great work. Um, Riley Rosmo is, I think someone already said it, but certainly an acquired taste, but I, I've been reading, uh, I've been reading books with Riley's art in it for years now. For some reason, I can't think of any, but I know I have, and I have definitely enjoyed him a lot. 
Yeah, the Martian Manhunter he did with uh, Steve Orlando was probably yeah. the big, yeah, like, oh, wait, look at this guy. He also did some uh, Constantine <laughs> stuff as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good yeah. Pull, Tyler. Damn. That's, like, right after, re- is that Rebirth, New 52? Yep. Yep. Nice. I'm a big Riley Rasmussen guy. I'll, I, he's oh, a draw for me. Stuff. So, yeah. Oh, I, I, he's, he's an artist that I absolutely want, like, a Swamp Thing from. Bro, uh, Yeah. How cool is this this uh, this panel right here? It's a panel where uh, the Sandman is socking some dude, and it's just this really cool, splashy pow sound effect over it. Just so cool. Yeah, I I, I liked the the voice uh, of Dodds through this, and the 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 cast. I, it felt like uh, it felt like you got to, you got to explore this this city and sections of it and, and people of the era without feeling like all right we're going from this thing to the next thing it's just, it all felt very organic and uh seamless oh kale so uh vendetti was actually my problem with this book i'm not crazy about vendetti um just something about his style has just never worked for me um, you know, I think I first read him uh post John's on Green Lantern. Um, and I've just never been able to, you know, get the hook. Um, so I found while while I like what Tyler said, especially about this being of an era of sort of pulp storytelling that has a pep in its step. You know, as you said, the Sandman Mystery Theater stuff is very, very, very horror noir. Um, and I knew this wouldn't be that, at least at this point, you know. Uh, but I sort of felt like uh, Dodds came off as a bit of a weenie. Hmm. Uh, I like that actually. Wait, d- define. What do you mean? Define meaning? What do you? Bit mean? of a dork. Well, a well oh. he, you know, he goes to the he goes to the the colonel or whatever, and you know his 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 argument is salient, right? It's like you know I've made this this gas product that I, I you know uh, I have this proposal for you to use so that there are no more casualties in war. But I feel like as a guy who goes out and uses gas to fight like the horrors of the world, you know, this guy, like, it felt like a very naive point of view to just be like, oh, well, I I kind of think, you know, War is not – it's not good. I mean I think the weenier part of it was when he goes to shake the guy's hand and he doesn't have an arm. You know, like he's kind that of – That can help. Yeah. yeah. I mean funny. the thing too is like this is a, a soft – this whole line of the, these JSA books is like a soft reboot of them because sure. this is still pre-JSA. And I've never, never read Sandman Mystery Theater, so I don't have that with me. And, and, and it's not that – it's not that I want to compare it to that. You know, because because you're right. This is different, and I get that. And I'm with that. 
it just this especially that moment felt bad i think the the naive yeah that that sense comes through but it served the it served the character so it it worked for me and i i appreciated that he's because it exemplifies that he's a positive and hopeful individual like it makes sense why he would then want to go out and, and you know save and stop crime like there's the the line a few pages after where he uh he comes back to after the meeting and just beats up these guys in the alleys like, i reclaim this alley in the name of the honest and decent like that was cool to me and it I, but it still fits the the kind of weenie cliche like this is the thing i'm going to say after i stop some villains and so for me it just kind of hammered home who he was as a character but i can see your point you know i i really uh i really like that aspect of this book actually um, because it's different. I feel like I, I never really have seen a character quite like this. Um, you know, he's he's going after, you know, um, uh, certain kinds of crime, crim you know, criminals and things like that. And I like that. Um, but he's not a big, tough guy. You know, even Spider-Man is like, uh, you know, Peter's a nerd and Peter gets bullied. But Spider-Man is stronger that every Peter is stronger than everybody. He just has to conceal it. Wesley Dodds has another way of approaching things. Um, and I think that the, that that's showcased really well when he's trying to sell his gas um, to the military. And they're like, what the hell do you think this is? Why would we want to buy gas? We don't want to, we don't want to subdue people. We want to kill people. I think the language in that scene was a little bit ham fisted on the part of the military uh, representative, but I like what it was representing. And I thought that that was kind of uh, kind of unique. Like Iron Man says those kinds of things, but Iron Man is a weapon of war. You know, like Iron Man doesn't want to sell weapons, but you cruise around in a weapon, right? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I like this. I, I I was pleasantly surprised. Let's go. Yeah. Gonna be an issue two for I... you. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh there's two more of these uh. JSA type set in the past books coming out too. There's the Alan Scott one coming out by Tim Sheridan, and then um, the Jay Garrick one by um, Jeremy who, Adams. Right? Jeremy Adams. Yep. 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 So he yep. gets to write the Flash again. I wonder. I wonder if they're setting up a um, a sort of uh, uh, I don't know an Injustice League or an Injustice Society or something because I believe the Alan Scott one is about him meeting. A red lantern. Huh. Which is um, what Jeff Johns has been seeding throughout all of like the Okay. The okay. Dooms, the post doomsday clock. What was that called? Flashpoint something? Yeah, Flashpoint Beyond. Beyond, that's what it was. Yep. Um and the you know, the driving sort of um uh lower B uh B plot in this, you know, the thing to take you to issue two is that someone breaks into Wesley Dodd's house and steals his big secret notebook or whatever and knows his secret. Um, so I'm wondering if, you know, we're going to see a, a death man or, you know, 
Um, and in the Flash, the Flash has also has a uh, an anti speedster. Um, I think he's called the Rival, and it would not surprise me one single bit if Jeremy Adams knew that and planned to use it. Hmm. I like what's being cooked up in this corner of DC. Jeff Johns is is you know getting all his buddies uh to uh tell stories in this golden age timeline that they're bringing to the forefront i like them establishing it as a legitimate uh timeline adjacent to you know the main stuff mm. um uh there was a question are these jsa books miniseries they're not billed as such it yeah. doesn't appear but i'm not expecting them to go on too too long personally uh buy them all to make sure they do <laughs> that's what i say kelly you think the villain in this could be dr poison the wonder woman villain that makes Maybe, that that poison gas that he had the nightmare about i don't know yo just give me wildcat dude i mean buy these books there might be there might yeah. be a a reason for them to want to do it i mean he shows up in a, in a panel you know i pulled that panel so yeah oh dude that was that was good seeing uh our man there, the Spectre. Well, our man uh, shows up at the party too, Rex Tyler. Yeah, that's yeah, right. So yeah. I was like, hell yeah. Was he there? Oh, how the hell did I miss that? Yeah. He wasn't in contact. I love he Rex, was Rex Tyler. Rex Tyler. Yeah, he introduces himself. And, and then uh, uh, Wesley Dodds is like, yeah, no, I'm going to go outside. Yeah. Oh, you're right. I can't believe I missed that. So that's your pick of the week now. Man, 2004 me would be so disappointed in who I am today. <laughs> I didn't Just spot Rex Tyler. Come on. <laughs> yeah, these are six issues. You guys are right in the chat. These are six issues. It does say it in the uh, in the uh, back matter. You know what? I should put that up front. I don't hate that though. No, I think that's great. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it, if it merits more, I it, it, I think it still needs a reason because I don't know that this fine. section yeah. of the like I I don't know whether this section of the DC universe is going to go from here. But if I have like a good six issue trade of a good pulp Sandman book drawn by Riley Rosmo to like, that's a giftable yeah. book, you know? Happy. Yeah. But also like, you know, establishing a new golden age mm. of books that probably haven't been read or thought of in, you know, with the exception of Sandman Mystery Theater. Books, books and, uh, you know, characters that new things haven't really been done with in 20, 30 years. Yeah, I'm all about that. Yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. And one last shout out to um, uh, Rosmo for the um, use of Benday dots. Thank you for Benday dots. I like those things. Please keep using them. They're great in comics. Great for shading. Super, super different. Yes. Yo, I thought we were talking about Ben Wobbles, and I was like, you know what? And then. Excuse me. Don't how do you that. know he has uh how do you know he has warts on his fingers? Band-aid dots? Band-aid? Band-aid dots? Band-aid? No. Mm, both of you to oh, the shadow realm. <laughs> pull, pull. It's an easy pull. pull. Pick of the week. Definite pull. Pick of the week. Definite pull. Well, Marvel Studios passed on Daredevil after 
Kevin Feige and the executives over there got a chance to uh, to uh, take a look at what, what had been filmed. I don't know if you guys caught this, um, but they took a look at what was filmed. It was less than half of the 18-episode series, and they said, you know what? <laughs> we got to go back to the drawing board. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So like- the Hollywood Reporter actually put out an article today um, going into how this all happened and some of the behind-the-scenes problems that marvel studios is having with the tv end of their business um i was pretty surprised by this because normally marvel drama if there is any stays private yeah um so this is not a good sign but uh i'm gonna dive into it a little bit we're not gonna have time to talk about this on the main show this week when we do it sunday night um so I thought we would talk about it here a little bit uh, and dig in. So Daredevil hits reset button as Marvel overhauls its TV business. That's the headline of the Hollywood Reporter article written by Boris Kitt, uh, which basically delves into the fact that uh, Marvel looked at what they had for Daredevil, said it's not working. They fired the head writers, Chris Ord and Matt Corman. Um, and the directors who are going to direct the remainder of the season, the series. Um, and uh, they're going back to the drawing board. Apparently, it was so rough that Matt Murdock doesn't suit up until four episodes into the series. That's insane. Oh, wait. Can what I... do you mean? To, to a normal Marvel fan, that's insane. Yeah. Uh, to a I me, think... that's insane. If I if if you buy a Daredevil comic, what do you expect to see in that comic book? I'm a fan Build. of Charles Soule's procedural lawyer Daredevil comic or 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 She-Hulk comic, so I wouldn't mind that. But he was Daredevil like. also. Uh, sure, yeah, yeah, sure. It didn't take four yeah. issues for Daredevil to appear. We get more suited Daredevil in She-Hulk than we will in season yeah. four of this Daredevil. Yeah, like that's insane. <laughs> There's no way four episodes. What I was reading on on, on X, ugh, never mind. What I was reading on Twitter uh, was that some of the the previous writers of Daredevil were like, "Yeah, we didn't realize till late in the game that a procedural does not work for this character if you're trying to do a law procedural." Which I think they might have been because they were filming this show at City Hall extensively near me. Mm. Um, so like they were there for a week. And I was trying to get on set, um, and apparently it was uh, too hectic there for me to get on set. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if they were trying to do that, and they also realized too late in the game, like, oh, this is kind of boring. This is not what an MCU audience will want. And they don't MCU audiences don't want Ally McBeal; they want Loki. You know. I think that's an unfair. I think that's an unfair assessment. I don't think that. I don't think that it's reasonable. To think that there's going to be a Daredevil show without Daredevil on it for four episodes. I think that you can have both. We got aspects of that in the original show. Yes, it was mostly suited up, but we also saw a lot of Matt Murdock stuff as he was coming up, as he was a lawyer, as he was learning martial arts and all that kind of stuff. So it mixed in his personal life very well. It just seems like because these shows are not built as shows, they're not built out traditionally, Marvel Studios does not know how to do that effectively. Yeah, I was going to say the real issue seems that Marvel does not know how to do TV. Yeah. It's it's almost like there's a hundred years of history of a medium that Marvel was just like, 
we we could do it better than this. Fuck it. The executives know, okay. Uh, they, quick they quick shout now. out, quick Go shout ahead. out to Gilmer for uh, his quip: "Daredevil never to be born again." <laughs> it's good. I'm sure. I'm sure that this series will will come out and you know uh, be okay. I'm glad that they're taking a step back and saying, "Okay, let's reevaluate what we're doing here." And it looks like they're not just reevaluating this show. It looks like they're reevaluating their approach in general because this article talks about how. Marvel Studios is now going to be embracing something called showrunners. Uh, that's a time-honored tradition. Fancy that. <laughs> television where you have a person who is spearheading the the project, um, who makes sure that, that every episode and every story beat is laid out appropriately and that everything is consistent and makes sense um, and, and arcs out correctly. I think one of the primary critiques of Marvel television shows is that they don't arc out correctly. There's just a way that television feels right. And I think most people recognize that Marvel Studios television shows don't feel right. I I feel like the Netflix stuff, you know, with the exception of the first season of Daredevil, uh, also feels like that, you know, because most of our reviews of, of those programs were, you know, there are these filler episodes that don't do anything, or there are episodes that trail off that, you know, that trail off the the series that don't uh, add to anything. Did you guys review all the Netflix shows? Yeah, we did. Oh boy, yeah, I think so. And every each season as well. Uh, oh, yeah. We we did uh, three of Daredevil, one of Jessica Jones, one of Luke Cage, and the uh, and Iron Fist. Oh, you did Iron Fist. Yikes! <laughs> did Iron Fist, Punisher, and then the defenders okay yeah so yeah all of them i mean i would argue tv does have filler episodes that's natural for tv sometimes yeah, yeah but but these were especially egregious in in that common critique of you know the story is over in eight episodes why are there Fair. ten yeah you know in this daredevil show born again um is specifically a 12 or 18 18 episode season right yeah, yeah. yeah so it's a long ass season comparative to all the other MCU Disney Plus properties. You gotta gotta visit all the so. other. You know, gotta see where Falcon's at. Gotta go hook up with She-Hulk. Uh, the, the fact that they Hawkeye. can, the fact that they're doing a full on, let's just redo it, as opposed to reshooting, um, makes me believe that it, it this doesn't matter for the la- larger MCU scale. If they can ditch this and potentially delay it indefinitely, um. Mm-hmm. Where maybe they are trying to make it just you know a continuation of the Netflix show that worked, with maybe nods here and there. Because if this uh, mattered, quote unquote, I don't think they could do what they're doing with this right now. But but I think they're going to do something similar to like She Hulk, where you know Hulk gets taken away, uh, and that's kind of like the all that all that it is like, side it stuff exists. is what, what matters right. on a large scale yeah right right you know what i mean but but i think it's a good that, that's a good point because if if they can just do away with whatever then that means the stuff either they haven't gotten to the stuff that will ultimately matter or it's just a cameo and you know that's it i mean marvel's slate is so screwed at this point anyways yeah. that i think they've realized look we really have a problem on the on the tv and let's take this time since we have it because everything is you know gone tits up to overhaul our entire system 
And, you know, the hope being, look, I saw a report the other day before this even came out that Daredevil wasn't coming out until 2025. So if that was accurate, they got a lot of time. That's a ton of time. Don't make it good. How sure are you in that one, uh, Sean? That it'll come out in 2025? Uh Uh-huh. I, I wouldn't take that bet, but <laughs> not I do now, believe especially. it. Especially, yeah, not now. <laughs> I will say it is somewhat. It, it it does feel good that it seems like they realize this is important, and they realize the importance of Daredevil. That they're willing to what eat twenty five million to to just redo this. So it's like, all right, mm. as a Daredevil fan, that at least feels good. It's like when a game that gets delayed, like a video game gets delayed. I'd rather a delay than them rushing something out. You know, so if they're delaying this for quality and just so it's better, I'm cool with it. I've waited long enough already for a new Daredevil. I can wait a little longer. You know, I'm not going to nothing's going to happen to me if Daredevil doesn't come out. Uh, Are we doing the Batman countdown segment Sunday night? Yes, we absolutely will do it Sunday night. Uh, Well, oh, Kale won't be there. Well, we'll we'll Uh, figure out the logistics of that. You can do it. Uh, I'll I'll put mine out on the next one. Yeah, so we'll so we'll do it. We'll definitely do it. You guys should come hang out with us Sunday night for the main show where we are going to be talking about your Comic-Con and we'll do a draft and we'll do the countdown and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, one of the things I always liked about Daredevil comic books is that he just does his thing in Hell's Kitchen away from the big cosmic stuff. I agree, and I don't think that that's going to change with this Netflix series. Um, I think there probably is a ceiling on Daredevil. I don't think that he's ever going to factor highly into like the major bigger plans for Marvel. Um, And so that's why I liked the idea of these series in the first place was that yes, they could be bridges to other stuff, but they could also be, Hey, look, we're never going to make a Scarlet Witch movie. Let's sit with this character on a television show for eight episodes and really dive into her. That's cool. But if you have to do that and then say, and all of that character development we did is essential to knowing what happens next with her, then you're fucked. That's where this whole thing goes wrong. And that's what they've been banking on yeah. with these TV shows. And like it's a, not worked. Like a Wonder Man show interests me because it's Wonder Man. He doesn't, you can't do a big budget movie with Wonder Man. But also, like, they want to have their cake and eat it too. Where, like, that Wonder Man now matters. You got to watch Wonder Man. Like, I don't know. No. Agatha has to matter, I guess, right? It's got all replies on it though, so Yeah. And 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 I also kind of feel like with some of these shows, it's 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 like why does this even exist? Like who even cares? Like for me, Wonder Moon Knight was like that. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't know. I think they're in a weird spot and I think they really deeply need to look at what needs to be a television show, what needs to be a movie, and how to separate them enough that there isn't because to me, Doctor Strange 2, that's that was an unforgivable sin. The the Scarlet Witch aspect of that movie was egregious. If you, I defy mm. somebody to go watch that movie, having never known about WandaVision, and tell me what is happening with her and why she's doing that and whether or not it makes sense for you. She unlocked a couple things in me in that movie though, but that's a different that's for my therapist. Unlocked like you don't have an X. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> wow. Wow. 
Um, there were other aspects to this article, though, that we can talk about and chew on a little bit. Uh, notably, that there was a lot of trouble on the set of Secret Invasion. Mm. A lot of trouble with Secret Invasion. A lot of um, a lot of vying for power. Was the rock uh, there? Which, sorry, was the rock there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, they didn't have him, but they had Samuel L. Jackson. Um, apparently there were people who were trying to, you know, get more leadership positions on the show and within Marvel Studios. Uh, they have a quote from an insider that says it was weeks of people not getting along and it erupted. So that's a really bad sign. We saw th- things that are weird, like the use of AI, which seems really off and strange. Yeah. Um, Secret Invasion clearly was supposed to be, in my opinion, a part of uh, Captain Marvel 2, and it got made into a show, which I feel backed up by the fact that Secret Invasion was being written by an individual who was then fired a year a year into his work because they wanted to go in a different direction. So, the more I think about Secret Invasion, the more I hate it. <laughs> uh, it's egregious. Is, this this all sounds like early di- uh, Marvel Disney stuff, you know, like the Edgar Wright Ant Man cabal or whatever, you know, that um, dictated which movies we're gonna get, you know. Yeah, but I like, mean, way bigger and way messier. People people shit on what Jeff Loeb did with Marvel's TV at the time, but it was consistent and it was TV, you know, agents of shield, agent Carter, mm-hmm. uh, that stuff. I mean, I, I enjoyed a good chunk of it. Uh, but people were always like, Oh, this isn't good. But like, if you had somebody at least like, I feel like Feige is, 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 is split too thin right now. He, he's stretched too thin. Um, if they had a Feige for the TV side of things that can actually manage things correctly, maybe that's what they need. Well, but the problem is they're not making TV. Fair, yeah, they're making streaming, and whatever they think streaming is, it's just uh, cut-up movies, really. Yeah, they're making eight-hour fucking movies, like 16-hour movies. They don't have TV people. Yeah. they. Kevin Feige, genius as he is, is a movie guy. And also a guy who is really focused on said movies, and probably not as focused on the TV shows. And I just feel like when you watch them, with few a few exceptions, but when you watch them, they feel inferior. They don't feel like they're getting the same kind of love and attention. They feel like a redheaded stepchild in a lot of ways. It's a shame. Uh, Mike Clitoris in the chat is saying, "Echo Disney Plus is getting refunded." <laughs> I can't even get through that. Jesus, I can't believe you said that out loud. I couldn't help myself. I tried. I couldn't do it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about, Mike. Like, what are you saying? What's whoa, the, what's whoa, the wait, 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 wait. You gotta have the reaction. Ooh, controversy! Whoa! <laughs> oh, man. Uh, pay the Russo brothers the big bucks to come back and fully build out the TV side. I gotta yeah. say, tired of the Russos. They did their thing. Let them let yeah. them rest. Give me something else. I want the Russos. I just don't want them wasted on television. Put those bad boys on the uh, Avengers movies. They gotta fix that, too. Everything at Marvel needs to be fixed. It's just like it's so evident now that things have gotten too big. It's out of control. They're getting Rick and Morty writers to write Avengers movies, and <laughs> now they're fired. Like it's all shit. 
AI and Secret Invasion, you know, no Daredevil and Daredevil. I mean, no one is mining or no one is minding the storehouse. Nobody. Clearly. I'll do it. I'll do it. Bring me well, on. No, listen. Hey, you two are the problem. Why? You don't want Rick and Morty writers, but you they want you want you two assholes to come do it. Hey, listen. I don't care how good or bad people think Rick and Morty is. What I know is that the last thing MCU the MCU needs is more comedy writers. Yeah. The absolute last thing. All right, then I'm out. <laughs> See? See? We, we need to get we need to get Mike in the chat on, on there. <laughs> I, I was speaking for myself, Kel. I wasn't speaking for Tyler. Uh Secret War has to be big, has to be big to bring them back. Yeah, I think they'd come back for Secret Wars. They paid them. Didn't they say they'd come back for Secret War? They said it and then they took it back because oh, they're working they... on Netflix stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're probably playing Fortnite. I know what they do. Do you guys think Marvel Studios on the television end will be back. So, like, forget Echo, forget things that are already like too too far gone. Do you think that this experience, what's happening now, is going to lead to a better Marvel TV experience? I can only hope, especially with the mutants coming up. Like, there is perfect opportunities there to do good TV with the characters there. Like a New Mutants TV show, teen drama. They won't. They won't. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good opportunity. Yeah. Um, yeah. If if they're seeing what what is wrong, you know, with Daredevil, and they're willing to go in and scrap it all, then with the intention of bringing in real showrunners and Bibles and uh you know actual writers and showrunners and and all that like uh i think there is a real intent to write the ship they've reflected and you know what yeah. frankly that's more than you can ask for because sometimes it'll just be well you know what people are going to tune in let's keep schlocking it out but uh the fact that they paused. Yeah, all right. You know what? I think at the very... I was about to say something terrible. I was about to say it couldn't get worse, could it? But... Well, so you just it. went ahead and said it. <laughs> I was trying to jinx it. I think I think the net is right in the chat. A Spider-Man television series would be a good thing. I've, I've said that since the day we started this podcast. Nah. Spider-Man is a teen drama. I, dis I disagree as well. Cartoon you, show, mean, sure. Listen, but. you're both wrong. I want a barbershop TV show where we figure out who does Norman Osborn's hair. Like, we're going to do a <laughs> Spider-Man TV show. That's what I want. You know what's going to be? It's going to be that that barbershop from Luke Cage, that black dude that was the barber on Luke Cage. Oh, the, fir the, the first half of Luke Cage, that's actually good, and the second half is horrible. <laughs> yes, that's, yeah. that's where Norman goes. Oh, you did watch our reviews. No, I just watched the show. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, uh, I think Marvel Studios will figure it out. I have a high degree of confidence in Kevin Feige. I think when you're talking about a decade of success, decade plus of success, you don't look at a few bad projects or middling projects and and think that uh, the sky is falling. 
There are a lot of intelligent people behind the scenes, but I just think they need more oversight. I don't think it's that big of a deal. The oversight in particular. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, We are New York Comic Con bound. We are going to be having a lot of fun this week at New York Comic Con. We're going to be there all four days. If you will be at New York Comic Con, definitely say hello. Uh, give us, you know, a hug or a fist bump or whatever. Um, we'll be doing interviews pretty much all day on Artist Alley. Uh, so if you're trolling Artist Alley, you'll probably see us. Um, give us a shout out. You know, what's up? Well, we'll have shirts on. Like, it's going to be hard to not find us. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't wear shirts. I think you would do better with shirts off. That would, that will, <laughs> I'd rather not. I'm, Look I'm for a... the guys with the shirts off. I have way too little hair. Mm. But yeah, if, if you if anyone in the chat's there, if uh, Mike Clitoris, if you're there, I'll give you a little flick. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, just if anyone, if anyone who listens to the show, watch the show, is a fan, come say hi. <laughs> yeah. Um, you'll be able to watch our interviews uh, all weekend and, and thereafter. Um, we'll be putting them up as soon as we possibly can. Uh, if there are people you want us to try to interview, let us know if there's, if there are creators you want us to try and talk to, uh, definitely reach out and, uh, tag them, tag us, you know, make it happen. Make that love connection. We love meeting new creators. Um, blog on our Patreon page. There's going to be a blog that will be totally free. Patreon.com slash the comics pals. You will be able to read our blog every single day. Uh, recapping our experience at New York Comic Con for free. Sean's Con blog? Is that what we're calling it? Okay. <laughs> con blog. Sean's Con blog. Yeah. Rolls off the tongue. Yeah, whatever you say. Um, And uh, it'll be a lot of fun. So hang out with us over on our Patreon page. Uh, Tyler, you wanted to uh, give a shout out. Yeah, shout out to a uh, friend of the show, Mark Bouchard. They're... Uh... First IP book came out this week. Uh, they worked on uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog Halloween special, and I checked it out. Um, mostly, I mean, yeah, yeah, friend of the show, Mark's on it, and, and Mark's great. Uh, they're great. But this is actually a Team Chaotix uh, Halloween story where they're on a detective case to help uh, save some children who's had their candy taken away from them on Halloween. Um, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm a big Sonic, Mark, where, like, I did like Sonic OC fan art as a kid. Where like yeah. I just like a couple decisions away from being a furry. I, I guarantee you, that's where my life trajectory could have been. Um, but uh, being able to read this, I was like, oh, this is just like heartwarming, fun stuff. But it, it it did like reading it, knowing Mark wrote it. I was like, okay, it did. I, I can see that Mark wrote this. If you if you checked out any of their other stuff, yeah. But uh, check yeah, it out. I'm Great a, covers. I'm a big Mark Mark, so I'm gonna get this this weekend. Any of you guys Sonic fans? Yes. Yeah, dog. Love Sonic. Sean, we got to find a, a copy at a, your Comic-Con. I want to buy this physically, so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't realize somehow that it was out this week, so I didn't get it, yeah. but I will definitely pick that up. Um, is it Mark? Is Mark the only writer, or is it some kind of anthology? Uh, it's just just Mark. Yeah. Nice. A yep. one-shot, right, for the, for the Halloween special? Yeah, it's just a little Halloween special one-shot. Yeah. yeah. That's super cool. Good for them. Lean on their way. To write oh, yeah. Sonic full time, <laughs> I know. I know they want to write Shadow real bad. So, yeah. 
<laughs> Shadow's awesome. I love Shadow. I keep uh, I keep telling Mark like if you ever write Shadow, give that guy his fucking gun back. That's what I want. And and I was always like, okay, cool, but why the fuck does he need a gun? He is. <laughs> Did you ever play the Shadow game? No, it is one of the worst games I've ever played in my life. Even as a kid, I played this and I'm like, this is trash. Bro, I had so much fun. (laughs) I fucking love that. I did all the trees. I did all the different paths, the good, the bad, the this tracks. (laughs) It sure does. I yeah, um, I passed on it. But yeah, uh, I don't know why Shadow has a gun. But hey, why not? They should give him a gun in the movies. Oh, dude, those movies are so good. Yeah. When Shadow popped up in Sonic 2, I turned to Jess and I went, <gasps> Yo, dude. Me too. Shadow, oh my god. That was the last great post credit scene, I think. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh, God, the Werehog game. Man, Sonic has had a string of ass games. That game, not that bad. Here we go. So Marco <laughs> likes the Shadow game. Word. And then you're gonna come out and defend the Werehog game, knowing that. What's, what's the one garbage? where Sonic kisses a human? Oh, oh six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's not good. Sonic yeah. Heroes underrated. Oh, Sonic Heroes great. All right, so uh, this is not the Sonic Pals. Um, it's Apparently, the Comics Pals. Uh, also. Um, uh, before we close, I just want to say you guys should. Uh, you guys should uh, keep your eyes peeled tomorrow uh, in the morning. I think uh, I think you guys will get a really cool announcement tomorrow. It won't be about us. You'll understand when you see it probably. Oh. Oh. But something really cool is going to happen tomorrow. So Keep your eyes peeled. Uh, or just go Comic-Con to Discord. Related? Yeah. J- just go yeah. to Discord uh, and you'll see Manny post it within seconds of it being announced. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We got to hire him as a fucking news poster dude that guy is quick it's insane on it on it real good we're gonna be on it all weekend at new york comic-con stay tuned keep it locked to all of our content it's gonna be it's gonna be fun we're gonna have a great time we can't wait to see you guys if you're showing up uh and uh you know if you're not we've got the best ticket in the house for free all over our social media our discord server our YouTube page, youtube.com slash the comics pals. Hang out with us. Choose us for your New York Comic Con 2023 coverage. Patreon.com slash the comics pals is the best way to support your boys. We're always giving you bang for your buck. This week you're getting free bang, um, which is the best kind. Man, we're on it and then free bang. This is a pause worthy ending. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Tyler. Um, free uh, blog. Yeah. Sean's con blog, I think Tyler said. So uh, check that out. Uh, Join us for the main show, which is going to be Sunday night at around 7 or 8 p.m. We will keep you posted on that. Join our Discord server. Watch this show live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Vote in the listener pick poll, which is up every Friday and lasts until Wednesday if you want to influence this show. Thank you so much for watching. For the rest of the pals, I am Sean saying thank you. We love you. Until next time, take care, guys. See you at Comic-Con.